You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Murder in the First After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Murder in the First After Show. It's the way you love me. It's a feeling like this. It's centrifugal motion. It's perpetual bliss. It's that pivotal moment. There we go. That's what I was waiting on. <laughs> Welcome into the Murder in the First After Show right here on AfterBuzzTV.com. Season 1, Episode 4, Burning Woman, appropriately titled for a lot of different reasons, not the least of which is That Kiss, which we will get to later on. Hey guys, I'm your host, Bobby DeMuro, joined as always by my wonderful panel next to me, Marina Santos, and across the way, Monsi Bolanos and J.B. Zimmerman. Hello. How do you? All right, guys, we got a lot to talk about. I know that all of us literally were screaming when the kiss happened at the end of Murder in the First, and I don't mean it in a good way necessarily. We'll get there, though, and before we even get started, I want to remind you guys, Maria's new book, The Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness, is out in stores on Amazon right now, today, has been for about three weeks, and it's been doing very, very well. I know, JB, you're always talking about the nachos, the every girl's nachos. Every girl nachos, not just for every girl. I like nachos. No, they're not right here, right now. For every guy, too. There are a lot of good health foods, and there's also stuff like nachos in here, which are healthy, I guess, if you make them this way. So uh, not just for every girl is exactly Exactly. right. Uh, And it's doing very well. So if you guys are looking for a gift for somebody or interested in something like this, this is a great way to go. We'll talk about that at the end of the show, too. But let's just jump into it. I don't even want to waste any time. Uh, let's start with Eric. Let's leave the kiss for later so our emotions can work in and we can just get more and more angry. And, and I have a feeling we're going to have a good argument about that kiss. Although maybe not. Maybe we all agree. Maybe. You know what? Let's start with the kiss. Screw it. I'm going to make Woo, an executive just, decision. Wow. Nice. Forget okay. it. Throw formats at the end. We, we were going to go to the end. I want to do it right now. All right. The kiss at the end between Mulligan and English Stupid, 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 or what? It was too soon. It was, it too, was soon. too soon. <laughs> I would have enjoyed... I was never against them getting together. I mean, it's just very cliche. I wasn't against it. It's just very cliche. But it happened so soon. It was like they had one intimate moment, and they just kissed. Right, but I feel like because they did it so soon, maybe that's just getting it out of the way. So it kind of alleviates that tension. Like, we don't... Because obviously we were making predictions. Is that going to happen, um, Marina? I think thank we, you. Thank you get a win. You. Don't want to brag, but I have to, and I will. <laughs> I don't want to brag, but I will. Oh lord! Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't something that like led to something else. It seemed like they both, you know, were like, "Okay, what are we doing? This isn't right." I mean, it may not be for right now. We might come back to it, but I hope that they don't because. Um, as you know, I said before, I think it's a little too close circle, um, and that way it might like distract from the case. And you know, dipping the pen in the company ink doesn't always work out well. Almost literally. Um, <laughs> plus, uh, they already had the other instance of that happening, Lieutenant and uh, the DA. Right. So it's already happening. I feel like it, it's kind of too. 
it's so one note for this show um, when it can go other places. And, and remember, too, kind of during and after the kiss, they both laughed about it. Yeah. So it wasn't like they, they have these crazy romantic intentions with each other, or if they do, we don't know them yet. But they both kind of laughed, and I think when English left and said goodnight, and she said goodnight, and then closed the door and chuckled, that's her being like, okay, we screwed up. It was wine. Like, we shouldn't have yeah. done that, but let's move on. So maybe it wasn't the worst thing in the world. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that it was quick, that it wasn't something prolonged, that it happened over. Okay, move on. Yeah, I agree with JB. I don't like that it happened, even though you made my prediction correct. <laughs> but I hope that it's just something that they did, and they're going to move forward, and they're not going to be together. It was just like, oh, we're just vulnerable and idiots. Yeah. So let's move on. Less wine. Less wine. Less wine. Question, though, guys. Had Louise not been there, you know what I'm asking, Monty? Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. would it have turned out differently? Hmm, I'm gonna say no. I don't think so. I think because at the end when he left, they could have had another moment, and they chose not to. Oh, like, I'm not talking moments. I'm talking about the full on. Right? No, no, no. Yeah. I understand what you're saying, but based on that, on the fact how we just said they kind of laughed about it, I don't think so. I don't think that really had anything to do with it. Uh, but, you know. Yeah, plus when he was leaving, um, Hildy kind of ran after him, so it kind of reconfirmed that they weren't going to be awkward about it, like no one was sort of left hanging in the moment. So I think that sort of cleared the air a little bit, like, okay, we both realize, not a good idea. Yeah. Let's just be professional. Yeah. But... You never know. I mean, this is only episode four, so... <laughs> I, guess, I guess it depends how, how many glasses of wine they had. Or w- would they have had more wine had she not been there? Exactly. Because <laughs> they did, true. like, finish the bottle. That so. is true. But I don't think that's all we're going to see. I disagree. I don't think it's like, oh, it's done, they tried and it didn't happen. I think it's something we'll see again. Well, and they are professionals, because they've been doing this for a long time. They both were police men and women before they became inspectors. We know them as detectives. I guess today they use the word inspector a bunch. Okay, they'll be inspectors, whatever. Uh, But they're very professional, and I think they both know that just because that line gets crossed like it did cross today, it doesn't mean the case is going to get weird. It doesn't mean that the office has to get weird. And they both know that they need to keep those two parts of their lives, however far the personal part goes, separate from the case and, and blunt and all those people. Right. I would think. Mm-hmm. But I guess we'll see. We, we shall see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other question with the kiss is about English finally talking about his wife and yes. her death yes. and starting to talk about it. So... The first time he talks about it, he kisses another woman. Yeah, I know. I thought that, too. I was like, you finally say something, because we hadn't heard anything about his wife. And then he finally said something, and it all just happened so fast, and they started kissing, and it was just... And he's already turned down one girl. He turned down the wife's sister, which was weird, and he should have turned (laughs) her down. And then he hasn't turned down that second girl, but he kind of romantically turned down the real estate agent to just be a friend or whatever. So, is he... Knowing all this, is he just vulnerable and kissed her and messed up because it's a bad time and there was a lot of alcohol? Or does he now have his eye on Mulligan romantically? How long has he been, not to cut your, but how long has he been since the the death of his wife? Do we know a time frame, like months? It would have to be a while because you don't have all those court hearings in a murder trial right. like the day after right. he's arrested. It's going to take a few days or whatever. So they arrested Blunt on the Friday night. Well, let's look at it this way. They arrested Blunt on that Friday night knowing that they would have to keep him in jail over the weekend mm-hmm. because of the bail thing on Monday. So it's been at least three days there. Plus they had to stake him out. They had to investigate. They had to have her funeral, which is mm-hmm. like three or four days after. So at a minimum, 
it would be 10, 15 days, I think. I was going to say a few weeks. Yeah. 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 So at least a month. Uh, yeah, a yeah. few weeks. I mean, it's still not a lot of time. Your wife died. Yeah. <laughs> One month is not a lot. Right. Yeah. Plus, uh, Mulligan's suspension's up because she just yeah. got uh, yeah. back, and I believe it was two weeks or 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely been some time lapses that yeah. we've missed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't think it's been too long. It's all very fresh. Yeah. And I, I don't think he's falling. I don't think it's that he is having feelings for for Hildy necessarily. I think it's that they're both vulnerable. And I think what happened to her, how he said, yeah, it scared me too. How she mentioned that her daughter was scared with the whole shooting. And he's like, yeah, it scared me too. I think that they just have this relationship. They're partners. And because of the conversation, it may have led to that. How he said, I was scared too and all that. But I don't think he's necessarily into her right now like romantically and in a i want to pursue you way is she into him i don't think so again i think it was just in the moment conversation she felt it like so they're both on the same page yes okay i agree which is why they laughed about it and how she went to the door opened it and it was like nothing it was like silly us (laughs) listen i hope they're on the same page because it gets messy when one person likes the other one Mm, more right when the when the liking is unequal you know, or, or one is friendship and one is romantic. Yeah. That's when it gets bad. Yeah. So if they're on the same page and it's awkward, okay, they can work together. If one of them's in love with the other one, if they're both in love with each other, I guess they can work together and it'd be intense. <laughs> right. If one of them's in love with the other and it's not reciprocated, watch out. It can complicate things. Yeah. Which I sure. think could happen. It could. But right now I think they're both just... If you think it could happen, who would fall? Like, who would be the one to fall in love? Oh. I'd say Hildy at this point, just because Ooh. she's been more consistently unstable. Um, I mean, she had a thing with Eric. She's been on so many dates with, with guys. She's e-dating, obviously, <laughs> hitting up the Tinder. <laughs> um, you know, there's so many things that that's sort of spiraling out of control in her life. Plus, she's got a kid, and she's got to think about her, you know, maybe she feels guilty that... You know, the dad is kind of, um, I mean, he is around, but he isn't. And so she might be trying to replace him where Terry's sort of in a more stable place. He turned down the advance from um, his wife's sister. Um, even in the real estate, he said, you know, I'm really not ready. He seems to be more focused on let's just get me through this and mm-hmm. and, and kind of keep my head on my shoulders. I have to agree. I think being a single mom in the position that she's in with, uh, I don't know, how old is the daughter? Nine or something like that? Yeah. About. And her job and everything that she's going through, I mean, you don't really have time to think about yourself that much, mm-hmm. you know, romantically and have a personal life. So it's something that she's going to start needing. So I could see her, you know, after having that moment with, with Terry, start falling for him. I don't think it's going to happen, but I could see it. Interesting. I'm glad we talked about it first because it's the biggest moment. Yeah. Of the so we had to talk about it first. I'm sure when we get to predictions here in 20 or 30 minutes, it'll come back. Yeah. In the meantime, though, let's talk about Eric Blunt. We open with him in jail. The episode's called Burning Woman. Obviously an homage to what was going on with Mulligan and maybe that kiss, but also the Burning Man thing that Blunt goes through. Before he gets to Burning Man, though, it's the first scene of the show of all four episodes so far, first off, let me be honest and say, kiss aside, this was by far the best of the four episodes, in my opinion. Okay. I don't know about yes, you guys. absolutely. By far. Definitely. Thank goodness. It's yeah. about time. Um, 
But the first scene in the episode was wonderful, the first scene before the opening credits, because we saw the debate about bail and the DA wanting a billion-dollar bail and whatever. And we know that this show is going to follow this case from, you know, crime to arrest to trial to conclusion. And we're in the trial phase, obviously, starting that phase. And it's interesting to see the trial phase and how they portray it. feels a lot like Law and & Order, and that's a compliment, mm-hmm. from me at least. Uh, I really, really like this with Blunt, and I really, really like Daniels in this situation, even though we may not see him anymore. I, I really like Daniels in this situation. He's scary and a bulldog, and what did he call himself? Doberman. A Doberman. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Fun guy. So, with Blunt doing this stuff... Um, I guess the first question is, seeing his reaction to the bail, seeing his reaction to Daniel's leave, do we still think Blunt is guilty or not guilty? We're going to have Blunt watch every week. Yeah, Blunt Is he guilty? Knowing what we know this episode, is he guilty? I I don't think he's guilty for everything. I mean, he's stupid to the point of (laughs) making me feel like he's not completely clean, but something about... His sort of like ignorance of the process and inconsistence in messing up, honestly. Like, you know, he lies to his lawyer about like stupid things. He breaks parole. I feel like he, for him to be the master evil character that Draco, I guess, was, <laughs> um, I feel like he'd have everything calculated out. And because he's sort of figuring things out and kind of being a child almost um, and just messing stuff up. It seems like he got there by accident. Yes. He's sabotaging himself, whether he realizes it or not. Right. It's a self-sabotage thing that a lot of people do in life. We all do it to ourselves. And this is his self-sabotage. Like you can't get out of your own way. Even if you didn't murder this girl, it really looks like you did because of what you're doing and the way you're acting. You can't leave the state and go to Burning Man. I don't care if you don't know the legal process. <laughs> when you're arrested for a murder, you can't leave the state. Yeah. Yeah. Or even probably the county. They said he left the city and the county. You just can't leave the state. Yeah. What are you thinking? Just don't, don't leave your house. I don't <laughs> think he killed her. Like I don't think he was the one who pushed her down the stairs or whatever happened. But, but again, there's so much proof, you know, the... In the mouth and the baby and down there and and like you said, he just keeps doing things that make it look worse for himself. You know, he instead of just stepping back, you know, chilling and waiting to see what happens and not lying to his lawyer, he just keeps going at it. Well, thank goodness his lawyer, ex-lawyer, I guess, called him out on this because for the first time in his life that we've seen, and we've talked about this, no one's told him no. Mm-hmm. He's always been the hot shot. He's always known what to do. He's always been smarter than his consultants. Now he's not. And he knows he's not and he's terrified. And it was a cool bookend on this episode because we bookend his stories. At the start, we see him sitting in jail. The doors unlock. He goes into court. And at the end, we see him sitting in jail. The lawyer leaves. The doors lock. So it's a cool bookend to see his life is going to become very repetitive if he's remanded to jail and he's waiting in custody. And it's going to be a wake-up call for this guy, and it should be. Because we know he's dislikable, but even a dislikable character like Daniels, who I think is pretty dislikable, Mm -hmm. even he hates Blunt now. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. (laughs) That's a great change. (laughs) You could have had, I mean, I, I looked at it as having the defense attorney Daniels and Blunt together was kind of two antagonists that were going to work together and, oh, you can't let this guy off. He killed her, whatever. 
now one of those dislikable guys has turned on Blunt and everybody's turning against him. Jeremy turned against him, the the coder, the first code guy who took the pictures of Blunt. And it's like, be careful what you wish for. You reap what you sow. When you're bad to people in the past, it comes back to bite you and it's biting Blunt right now over and over and over. What do you guys make of the virtual reality thing he had at Burning Man? Okay, that girl. Let's talk about the girl. What is her? Ivana? Ivana? Ivanka? Ivana? Yeah. Or something. She is just adding fuel to the fire. To well, would you, <laughs> would you, as a young woman, go with that guy who there's already a young woman in a mysterious death around him? Even if he didn't kill her, I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to stay away from you. Yeah, that girl is something else, too. But <laughs> that thing was so weird. I... Was it what was it to arouse him? Is that what that, the purpose of that was? And yeah, she made it I for guess. him, right? Not to get too, like like blunt, no pun intended. <laughs> but how could you go through the whole? If it's virtual reality, how could you physically go through? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, how is that enjoyable? Isn't it kind of a tease? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it's just sort of like watching porn, but like right. more yeah. right. um, three dimensional, three D porn. I guess I, um, with people that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it seemed weird. It also seemed weird that his, I guess, a working colleague um, knew so much. He, I guess, stole his phone. Yeah. Because for me, that was sort of a red flag that she might be, you know, showing some guilt. She knew about, um, I mean, she threw Cindy in there, Mulligan. which is, yeah, uh, Mulligan, which is, I feel like not a whole lot of people knew about. Um, especially the, the Hildy thing, since he sort of just called her up and, and they had drinks once. Um, you know, that seemed very suspicious for yeah. me. I agree. Something something was off about that girl. Something. Like, it, it seems as though she knows too much. And obviously he trusts her in a different way than how he trusts others. Right. Plus, he, you know, sort of pointed at, at someone else um, at the party and was like, yeah, go get me that. And she was like, oh, no, like, you don't want that. Like, let me steer you back this way. And then she ended up uh, taking advantage of him, it mm-hmm. seemed. Yeah. Um, we didn't see the end of it, but, uh, you know, we can infer that's where it went. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the funny thing about Blunt, too, is why he's not ready to face a murder charge and why he can't wrap his mind around this. Because anytime something's difficult, he has virtual reality. Go into the virtual world, you can escape it. So what's the difference? So when you can escape it like that, you don't have to go pursue the girl at Burning Man. You don't have to deal with Daniels, the attorney. You don't have to do whatever because you can just escape it. And it's like, yeah, you're escaping it now. Your problem hasn't gone anywhere, though. Yeah. It's yeah. getting worse. You have to face it. I think it goes back to the whole idea of you know power and money and what he does to a person not not everyone of course but they just think they can do anything they, they can get away with anything and they can buy their way out of it and i feel like that's what eric was trying to do it was like oh you know i can just get out nobody will know like i have power i have money even with daniels when daniels was trying to leave he's like i can pay you double mm-hmm. thinking that that would hold him and fortunately he didn't and he left. But I think he's trying to use his money and power as a resource to get out of his troubles. And it's just making it worse. I agree. And I also think that he really didn't kill Cindy. So he's like, I didn't do this. I, I should just be able to do what I want. I also think that is a mentality he's going through with particularly this murder case. Like, we, like we've said, he's not necessarily 100% innocent. But when it comes to Cindy, I think he is. And I think he just thinks that. So he's like, I don't understand why I have to be home. I want to do what I want. I have the money. I have the power. I should be able to do what I want, especially if I'm innocent. 
Right. That's a really good point, actually. I, I feel like that arrogance that he shows by sort of messing up, and that's why, is because he, he's like, you know, I'm not guilty. Like, everyone's going to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to do whatever I want. And, he, you know, that's not what really being political is like. I mean, you can't really say, like, oh, I want this, this, and this, because people aren't going to just give it to you. You have to sort of be um, persuasive and, and, you know, figure out how to work every side of everything, which he's yeah. not doing. I, it seems like he's just kind of bulldozing one direction and is like, oh, why is there this wall here? Well, and that is a good point to his innocence because Daniel's the defense attorney, knows the games. Mm-hmm. He knows the games you have to play. And even if you're innocent because you didn't kill her, we need to portray you as innocent because somebody else did. Important distinction there. Mm-hmm. And Blunt's just like, I didn't kill her. Like, it's not me. It's not me. And Daniel's is like, no, we have to play the game, give a different suspect and prove a different right. probable cause. And if you're Blunt and you are innocent, you react this way that you guys are talking about. You say, well, it's not me. It's pretty simple. I'm not used to a court of law. I'm just an innocent guy. Yeah. You know, how about Bill Wilkerson at Burning Man? How funny yeah. was that? Oh, he was getting yeah. crazy. He was really... <laughs> Would you want your pilot to get <laughs> messed up on whatever he was messed up on at Burning Man for a few days and then fly you back? Yeah, I guess I think we'd drive back or I'd yeah. take oh. commercial flights. <laughs> Maybe they bonded over that. And clearly, I I think Wil- Wilkerson is playing Eric Blunt. Like, you took him knowing that that whole thing, how he actually took him, knowing that he shouldn't have left. Well, that's the question. Aren't you aiding and abetting? Exactly. In some way. Yeah. yeah, but they didn't address that. I think in some way you're, yeah, you're guilty. You know. Well, he definitely admitted that he knew. He was like, yeah. "Are you doing? Like, are you sure about this?" Oh yeah. And they, then yeah, they're yeah. like, "Yeah, no, let's do it." Um. So I mean, yeah, that's more dirt on Bill, which is good for me. Yeah. yeah. Um. But at the same time, I feel like. There might be sort of a a team against Blunt. I, celebrities often get all these like hanger-ons, and they call it the entourage, which is a positive way of putting it. But there's so many people that you know aren't famous that just hang around and make you feel like they're necessary and they're important, yeah. and, and it kind of takes a toll on you because you get all these yes men saying everything is good and and everything is right, and you often like don't know. I mean if everyone around you is telling you one thing, you it's very hard not to believe them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have any support, like real like family members or close friendships. Just, you know, point the finger and say, no, you shouldn't do that. Like, like you said, he only has yes, yes, sir, yes. I would make a distinction on that, though. He does have support. He actively rejects it. He rejected those consultants in business in episode one and went to the people who were going to say yes to him. He rejected Jimmy Salter tonight, that mm-hmm. guy who went to the drug buy forum and was like, I'm giving you good advice. And Blunt was like, go fly away, literally. Yeah. And then he rejected Daniels. So even though it's not family and friends support, which you're talking about, yeah. he's got people around him in some manner who are like, dude, wake up. You're screwing up. But he doesn't want to hear it. So part of the problem is the entourage saying yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And the ha- second half of the problem is he is enabling the entourage to enable him to say yes, yes, right. yes. Yeah. So I, Yeah, I think what I mean more is like genuine comments, right? If it's coming from your parents or your brothers and sisters or somebody that you love – you know it's genuine. You know it's true. These people all work for him. Yeah. You know, right. They're paying them. So I feel like he, not that he has a reason to not trust them, because he should, but right. but there's no, he, he doesn't know. He doesn't know if those people are, you know, want his best or what is good for him. So And he has no parents anymore, obviously. Yeah. Mom or dad. So, yeah. 
There's right. nothing around him. Speaking of parents, though, it's interesting because not always can even your parents you can trust. Like D-Hop, or Diego, as we found out tonight, <laughs> um, you know, his mom was a horrible influence on him, trying to, you know, obviously get the best for her financial situation, but really putting him in an actionable position of needing to, to lie to the, the cops. I mean, that's a huge, huge thing. Yeah. Right, like Mulligan said, Mulligan said it best. Diego was uh, already an adult. Over more than mom, more than absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Although it, it is mom's defense, it's not correct to do it, but she understands the financial situation and she can see the future more than he can. And she said it. She's like, I have to work three or four jobs now, which you know we understand is tough. And when you're living in San Francisco, it's not a cheap place to live. Yeah. Um, but she can see the future and knows that this is an out that does not make her actions right. Mm-hmm. But she can see the future where Diego might be like, I don't really know what it means to work for hourly money he's too young for that sort of stuff right. so uh, you know i can understand why she would do something like that but it was pretty sinister to do it and mulligan was probably right to say to oh, call yeah. her to the carpet on it. oh yeah yeah um how about that scene though the splicing between scenes the first interrogation they use the two tape recorders i really like that shot where they're going back and forth between mulligan's interrogation about her shooting and diego's interrogation about the lawsuit in the first place i thought that was a cool way to do it me too and showed us a lot of information very quickly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did too. I thought it was really effective. I mean, we've talked about other artistic ways that they've sort of edited things together. I think this one was one of their best. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a similar scene to kind of have the dueling uh, interrogations at the same time and sort of two sides of, of the same coin. Um, you know, obviously they're both being hard on on the opposition, but just to get the truth. Um, you know, uh, we often hate overbearing cops like sort of being that aggressive but you know it is for the truth i mean as much as i hate it in the moment if i am like on the receiving end <laughs> why have you done uh, <laughs> let's, let's stop there for a second well, no, i mean like say you were speeding like you know it's a very aggressive like they just have to approach you like you are the worst criminal ever yeah which definitely does not feel very good but you know, they are also encountering all these people that always want to take advantage of the system. There's always going to be people saying, you know, I'm going to sue you. I mean, we live in America. It's like the country of lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Yes, seriously. Everybody's going to want to get something out of it if they can. So it's sort of a tough dynamic where there's no real right way, and they just kind of always have to be bad cop. And, and Mulk and those guys were bad cops to Diego's face. Mm-hmm. Right. Not to Diego specifically, but in the same room with the mom and the lawyer, mm-hmm. they were being pretty bad cops. Pretty mm-hmm. aggressive. Which I was kind of surprised about. But I guess it's not an official interrogation like D-Hop's a criminal. It's more of a civil lawsuit right. deposition. So it might be different. But they were pretty aggressive to him. I think they had to be. I mean, they're trying to basically ruin one of their co-workers' mm-hmm. careers, yeah. lives. You had to be aggressive. Even though it was, like you said, a lawsuit more than anything, I think it just, it it hit home for them. It's like, you're trying to screw with somebody I know, I'm going to screw with you. That's how I envision them dealing with the whole uh, filing of the lawsuit situation. And they don't care about $5 million. That's taxpayer money, as bad as it sounds to say that. But But where it comes in is punitive damages against the officer personally. And then manslaughter charges and whatever. That's where they take it first. I mean, it's defamation of her career. Yeah. It's going to ruin her. In an instant. She would never be able to work again in the city. Anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how about Terry, though, going to D-Hop again? These two detectives, Terry and Hildy, both have very 
liberal interpretations of detective work sometimes, and they're not afraid to intimidate D-Hop a little bit. Mm-hmm. Terry talking about federal charges today. He may be right, but, like, do you tell a little kid you might be facing federal charges? <laughs> I mean, he probably didn't understand that, but he had to say something. Yeah. Like, Again, it goes back to what you guys were saying. You know, you have to crack them open. You can't just be nice and ask them nicely to do things. You have to intimidate them and work with their fears Jeez. and what they're scared <laughs> of. It, it really is. You know, go... You're never going to have interrogation that is like, oh, here, you know, would you, would you like this? Or please, would you just tell me the truth? It, it's never going to happen. Are you a detective? I know. You missed your calling. You never know. <laughs> God, okay. I did not take the last sprite, I promise. Don't don't interrogate me about it. <laughs> I've been it. watching you. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, but Terry goes to D-Hop, and the other thing he says to D-Hop behind the federal charges is, quote, want to be a man, do the right thing, tell the truth, which was a good way to get personal with him because maybe Terry and Hildy might be the only two people in D-Hop's life who have treated him like a man. Mm-hmm. In some ways, in a good way, in some ways not. When they were interrogating him about stuff, they kind of scared him like they'd scare a man. But they've always treated him like a, like an adult and like an equal, whether or not they should have. And this was another opportunity for him to treat him like an equal and say, if you want to be an equal, act like an equal. And lo and behold, Diop acts like an equal, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think what uh, Terry said to him really rang true. I mean, obviously there's interrogation and sort of uh, intimidation uh, to get him to crack open, like mm-hmm. you said, Marina. But, you know, what he said really, I think... Um, resonated mm-hmm. with with D Hop. He said, you know, like my partner like saved your life. Like yeah. you you have her personal cell phone in your phone. Like they're going to find this. You know that this is wrong. Like do you want to live with that? Like he, I think all those things sort of snapped to D Hop and he was like, "Wow, like I really can't do this. Like I did call her. Like this is all because I called. Like she wouldn't have like it, I think he realized that he caused the situation, um, so you know to make it steer off in that sort of crazy direction um, and continue to lie would just be the worst feeling. And I think even as a little kid, he'd realized that's yeah. something I don't want to live with. Yeah, he made um, D Hop see that it wasn't just a simple mistake because all he was thinking about was like, oh, we're gonna get this money and we're gonna be good, right? That's what my mom said, and he made. D-Hop realized that some mistakes don't go away, you know, and this is something that would be with him for the rest of his life. He would be responsible for what he did to Mulligan, Mm -hmm. who was a person who saved his life. And that's something horrible to live with, regardless if you're, you know, 10, 12, he's going to remember that. And Mulligan said the exact same thing to Mrs. Ramos in very similar language. She was literally point blank, like, I saved your life. Right. Which Mrs. Ramos could never admit that she was being hit or beaten. And this is the first time she's probably admitted, you know, I, I, he was beating me in the sense that if she drops the lawsuit and says that Mulligan was acting in self-defense and says he had a knife and says the situation was going on, that's her willfully admitting I was being hit. Right. Which is tough for her to do, obviously. Oh, yeah. I couldn't believe that she called Mulligan to tell her, no, go tell oh my D-Hop. Gosh. To change a story, what? Like, you have some balls, lady. Yeah. To call Plus, the detective. I would have wanted to punch her. Yeah. No. I mean, obviously, we're not detectives. Right. You would have punched. That's her. why we're not detectives. Exactly. <laughs> I just was like absolutely shocked, and I, I, I love that she did. That. I love that they decided to show that because it was just that's how crazy this woman is. That it, you don't believe that your 
husband was beating you when you have a black eye and you practically look like death. And you don't want to believe that this is not going to affect anyone. That this yeah. is just you getting money. That is how crazy you are. It just shows. But it was nice, like you said, at the end to know that they decided to be both be adults and tell the truth on the situation. Although when you think about it, if she's getting $5 million, let's say the lawsuit worked and she got $5 bucks, 40% to the lawyer, so she's left with three. You take that from taxes, she's looking at like a million and a half, depending on installments or lump sums, more or less. That's not a ton. I'd take a million and a half. Don't get me wrong. If All anybody's day. watching, but that is not a ton of money, especially with kids, especially to do that whole thing. So I know it's way more than she's making, but that's kind of the thing too. Is she's being played by her lawyer because he's going to take a two million cut and just walk and mm-hmm. do the next case, and she's going to be left with a million and a half, and that's going to run out one day because you know they're probably not going to save it the way they should or whatever, and it's just going to run out anyways, and you know she's going to be right back where she was. Yeah. Which would be unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's crazy the numbers of money nowadays. I mean, just inflation in general. But uh, you know, this show sort of points out how crazy it's gotten. You know, in the beginning, they were talking on these huge numbers, and he's like, "Oh, is that billion with a B?" Yeah, it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. just checking. You know, they do. We talk in billions now. It's not like that. I mean, Eric is one of the few billionaires in in the show, or sort of in that universe. But it's still a number that we talk about in sort of currency. And I feel like even just a few years ago, it was like one billion is like this huge cloud above your head that you couldn't fathom. And now it's like one, two, like we throw numbers at it and it gives it sort of um, like a, a tangibility. Yeah. Although, and for the record though, with court, and I know that other people know this better than I do, but when you are... When you pl- when you go up for bail, the number ten million, I believe you only have to pay ten percent of that. So I believe he's paying a million dollars to get out of jail, and if you run, the bill comes up for ten million. Or if you don't, if you whatever on your bail, I don't know if it's ten percent, but I know it's a it's a portion, oh. ten or twenty percent of it. So a billion dollar bail may be a hundred or two hundred million, still a ton of money, but it's a little bit. These things are a little bit different in how they work. So. I don't know. And he can afford a $10 million bail. He could probably have afforded a billion dollar bail if it was $100 million or whatever. Oh, yeah. So Great. that's Eric Blunt. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah, that kiss is still getting me, guys. I don't think we missed anything. I'm sure we missed little things. But if we did, uh, comment on YouTube if you're watching and uh, or tweet us and let us Ooh. know what we missed. Because there are little things. I mean, we can talk about, uh, you know, Mulligan and her daughter. I think it's a little straightforward. The daughter's struggling with what happened to the mom. The daughter doesn't want to become a police officer. Rightfully so. Um, I don't know that there's a whole lot there yet other than showing that Mulligan is a single mom. I don't want to say desperate, but definitely in need of help in some capacity. Right. Right. And we also saw that she has uh, you know, a lot of parental feelings in her. She didn't want to label D-Hop as a snitch despite him yeah. basically throwing her under the bus. She, you can tell, you know, she has the mom instinct and she didn't want to do that. So I'm, I'm glad we're seeing more of her develop. And even with the other characters, like you just get to see that she is, she is a detective. She is an inspector. She might be badass, but at the same time, she's still a mom and she doesn't want to ruin anyone's life despite her life being online. Although that's an interesting thing. Let's talk about this last, maybe before we go to news. The thing you mentioned about her not wanting to label D Hop a snitch mm-hmm. and her, inspector her her supervisor was kind of like are you I don't, kidding yeah. i don't care about d hop yeah. this is about this case and you and you got to remain in it 
Mulligan is now showing sensitivity, mm-hmm. which we want to see on a television show, but she's showing sensitivity that could really jeopardize her job because she's putting herself in the middle of it as opposed to remaining away from it. You know, I don't know if you ever talked to doctors or nurses or anybody in the medical field. When somebody dies at a hospital under a doctor or nurse's care, they're like, yeah, this happened, that happened, the guy died, it is what it is. Because they look at it from a medical perspective because they have to. Right. You know, that's your job. It's the same with Mulligan. She used to look at it from a very sterile perspective as a detective, and with D-Hop, she didn't. And it was mm-hmm. personal. Mm-hmm. And if it keeps getting personal with her with future situations, she's in big trouble. Agreed. Agreed, but, you know, she might she might not be. I mean, the whole... It seems as though the whole thing with D-Hop is come to an end. Done. Yeah. Right. It seems as though maybe he might come back. But I, I'm hoping that she won't let any other um, cases interfere like that. I think this hit home, the whole beating and everything like that, and he felt like, a sing- like he didn't have a dad or a father figure. You know, I think it just hit home for her. Yeah. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm not hoping that she's just that sensitive at all times. Well, we'll get to predictions in just a minute, but before we do that, let us do news and guts. After Buzz TV News. All right, we've got a lot of good stuff today, you guys. I will start off real quick. Tay Diggs was on the Wendy Williams show, which if you haven't seen Wendy Williams yet... JB, I'm sure you're probably not a fan. Most, uh, most guys are talking fans. About? I'm a huge fan. <laughs> Listen, that, my favorite maybe show. I'm the only straight guy who watches it. Wendy Williams is the best host on television today, wow. besides the three of bold you. Bold statement. Uh-huh. Okay. That is a bold Thank statement. <laughs> She's so funny. But Tay Diggs was on there. He said a couple things. The first one, this was a story from last year, but she got him to talk about it. The guy who broke into Tay Diggs' house. Do you guys remember this? I remember hearing about it, but I don't know anything. It wasn't as bad as LL Cool J beating the crap out of that burglar. (laughs) But uh, Tate Diggs did say that he was with his kid, the garage door was unlocked, and this burglar came in, and Tate Diggs started chasing this guy without thinking through the house because... You know, your yeah. kid's there. You don't want to do whatever. And and he, he says baby mama, who, of course, is Adina Menzel. But he calls her baby mama or whatever. Baby's mom. Um, Adele Dazeem, I believe. Adele <laughs> Never gets old. Yeah. Adele Dazeem, that's right. He did say the one thing to think about with this is he did say that it was after an award show. And he thinks that people thought he was away. He said, be careful with tweeting and all that stuff. We tweeted that we were away. And then people knew or they thought they knew that we weren't home yet. And so somebody oh, came and that's broke scary. It. That's crazy. Super scary. And it is super um, preparing him for the role of being a detective and chasing people down. Oh, yeah. He's got it within him. The other thing, and this is more uh, a little more funny, and this leads right into you, Monsi. Wendy asked him how he's handling his divorce, asked him if he was in the clubs, and I just just have to read the whole quote to you. Do it. Please. She said, Wendy says, are you in the clubs? It doesn't seem like you'd have a hard time dating. And he responds, quote, every once in a while, but it's a completely different situation. I'm old. The other day I was at a benefit and they have these parties right after the benefit. So I'm kind of feeling myself. I'm looking fly. It's kind of a classy crowd and I'm chilling. And then all of a sudden I get a text and my friends see me look at the text and then immediately jump up and they're all like, oh, dude, you got a booty call. I'm like, no, my baby mama just called and said I forgot his baby blanket. I had to run home to the hotel, get the baby blanket, and bring it to him, and then I made it back to the party, and they were like, oh, you had a quickie. And I was like, oh, it's not a quickie. He also says, I've never had game, period, because I was really nerdy. These days, I'm a single dad, so if I see someone, I'm like, so, do you have kids? Is he out of diapers yet? I literally reached into my pocket the other day and brought out two pacifiers. Wow. Oh, wow. Ooh. But it seems as though he's not having any troubles dating. Yeah, yeah what about that? Oh, well, apparently. <laughs> dance around oh, that. Yeah. Oh, 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 
I know. I, it's interesting that he said that in the interview. This is let me before you say your thing. Let me say this. I don't mean to. I don't know the situation, but it sounds too contrived. Like he talked to a PR person, or like he said, like, "How do I come across as a real cool dad?" And oh shucks, I'm kind of nerdy. Just be yourself. It's it's people who call themselves really nerdy are usually not really nerdy. They right. think they're nerdy, but they don't know what nerdy is. And it's like Tay Diggs, you're cool, man. You're not <laughs> yeah. nerdy. Like admit that you're cool. Why do you have to say stuff like you're not asking girls if their kids are out of diapers yet? Yeah, what? there's no way that's what you're asking. And he's definitely not asking Amanza Smith Brown. That is who is his rumored girlfriend. Went from Adina to Amanza. Amanza, yeah. Amanza. She is uh, the ex-wife of a former NFL player, Ralph Brown. Uh, but it's, what's interesting is Tay Diggs and Adele Dazeem, they <laughs> broke up about six months ago. And rumors started surfacing about four months after that. So two months ago, rumors started surfacing about him and maybe possibly seeing somebody. And last night at the BET Awards... That's who he showed up with. Mm. Exactly. You know what they yeah. say. You take a girl to a BT awards, it's legit. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's what? how you know. That's, that's how you know. That's, 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 that's the celebrity's that's, Facebook official that's is the threshold. BET awards. Yeah. Yeah. The MTV Movie Awards, the Soul Train Awards, none of that stuff. Yeah. It's the BET, the BET exactly. awards. Definitely. Red carpet. They're <laughs> together. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. We don't know what happened in the marriage. We don't know if it ended a long time ago. You know, they were together for 10 years. We don't know anything. So I'm not necessarily against it. If he's happy and it's working out and he's being a good father. Oh, you're saying it was just so quick with her? You go to... A lot of people are complaining about it. Well, he's quick to move on. He kissed Hildy. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Yeah, I'm all for it. You go be happy, Tay Diggs. All right. Well, I have a little piece of news. Uh, Kathleen Robertson, who is Mulligan on the show, she talked to the Hollywood Reporter, and she's she hasn't done any comedy since the business, which I have never watched. Have you guys heard of it? Never. No. But is apparently, it a movie? Maybe there's show? a reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's the thing, though. She goes on to say how much she loves comedy, and she keeps asking her raps to... To get her more comedy, but she only keeps getting these really dark roles, and she even goes on to say, "I've just got to write something for myself." I think now, she should do that. Yeah, be proactive. Could totally. you guys at home and here? Could you guys see her doing comedy? Nope. No. Me it, neither. I, I don't think this show is right for us to maybe think that she can do comedy. This show no would not show that, that doesn't show that side of her at all. And, and the comedic lines that they give are to people like Mulk and some of these other guys. Mm-hmm. But Tay Diggs, English gets a few comedic lines, and he gets to be a little goofy and a little irreverent. Mm-hmm. She has to play really straight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, I couldn't see her doing comedy. I yeah. don't know. You know, some people can do both. Some people are just comedy. You know, I can't take Will Ferrell. Seriously. <laughs> anyway, He's kind of done some dramatics. Yeah, so. and I don't like him. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan. Because I'm used to seeing him being the super funny guy. Yeah. And I feel like it's the same thing with Kathleen. I couldn't see her doing comedy. But prove I don't us know. wrong. Yeah, prove, yeah, us, prove wrong. us wrong. I'll, yeah. Yeah, I'll say that. I can't see it either, but if it comes out, I will see it. I would love yeah. to see some. Yeah. And we will do a panel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, let's get to predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. I blinked out for a second thinking about comedy with Kathleen Robertson. I was like, all right, the show's done. Oh, wait, we got to do predictions. So, two parts predictions. Anything you guys want, of course. And then your second prediction, if you will be so kind, tell me who the killer is. All right. Even if it's the same as last week. Just I have so, a new one. Just so we're on the scoreboard. All right, guys. Jeremy. I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think Jeremy uh, 
genuinely hates Eric. True for story. For obvious reasons. He's got the motive. I will he has the motive. And I truly believe that there is something... I, I, Cindy Strauss may have been murdered by Jeremy. Jeremy, I think, follows Eric, Eric around. And so he knew he was there. He knew he obviously was having a little bit of foreplay with her. I think he follows him. He's trying to get him. He's trying to take the chair out of him without him knowing. And, I mean, he took those pictures at Burning Man. Right? It was him that took him and, right. g- and, and gave him to the detectives. But he didn't know he was going, though. How that's do we a, know that? That's the thing. Even if he had lied to the detectives, he knew he was going. Jeremy told him he was going to Burning yeah. Man mm-hmm. earlier, and then Eric made a late decision to go to Burning mm-hmm. Man. Unless Jeremy knew Eric so maybe, well, he knew he'd go. Maybe mm-hmm. he has an inside a mole. person. Yeah. yeah. Jeremy's not yeah. a bad one. Interesting. Yeah, Jeremy. no, uh, Jeremy is a very admirable choice. Totally. Yeah. I, I know. I, I can piggyback on that a little bit. <laughs> I, it's not my pick, <laughs> but I definitely see the evidence. I mean, he, he they set up the revenge uh, plot line a while ago. Um, he also just seems like a very calculating person. The fact that he is supposedly the brains behind the algorithm mm-hmm. that made Eric uh, so much money seems like he's he's out for something and he's obviously so smart he can probably figure something out to kind of sabotage Eric. Um but I, I I'm gonna stick with Bill Wilkerson. The, uh, <laughs> I think I don't know I you're, you're I, seeing a man uh, change his mind right now. It's because of me. Um, I think Bill is involved, but I don't think he masterminded. I think he was just another puppet. Was that I'm because gonna, so? You, so you thought Bill was the killer, and now you're saying he's not the mastermind. Was it because of his behavior at Burning Man? Did you, did <laughs> yes. you lose respect it, for him? Was it, yes, was it I did. Purple paint, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it was a face paint. Well, he took it all over. Yeah, the paint went everywhere. So, <laughs> and they only showed him for like two seconds too, which was very. Well, yeah, they just, just kept. <laughs> meanwhile, like, back with Bill, <laughs> just. Going crazy. Um, no, I think it might be, or I'm just going to say that it's gonna, it's going to be the girl, his colleague, because she works with him. She knows kind of the ins and outs of his thing. Maybe she really wanted to to be with him, and he chose Cindy or something. Which I'm at there's Ivana. A, there's yeah, a exactly. jealousy there that I think. Okay, God, I'm so torn. I don't know who to pick. I change every. Episode. No, that's the point. When you change every episode, you're bound to be right at some point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. I'll go with averages. that. I'll go with that. Um, I like the Jeremy idea, but I will go with Bill since you left Bill. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I still believe that his wife is lying, that he was not home that night, and they're working together. What about Bill's wife? Because yeah. Daniels did mention Bill's wife. And I thought that was quite interesting. That's also a motive. What if, what if Bill was there, and then the wife showed up, and it was like all this crazy stuff, you know? That's, yeah. I'm going to stick with my prediction. You three change him. Do whatever. I'm going to stick with my guy, the lawyer, the first lawyer, Hertzenberger, whatever his name is. I think he's got more motive than we've been led on to believe so far. Mm -hmm. I think he has all of the knowledge in the world of Blunt's activities and can go in and out and frame Blunt better than maybe anybody else possibly can. And I think he's your guy, the uh, the, the ponytail lawyer. Yeah. I don't know. He's being I was very say, quiet. Plus, he's got a ponytail. Never yeah. trust a guy with a ponytail. <laughs> Bruce Jenner, I'm looking at you. All right, hey, uh, social links as we get going. Where can we find you guys? On Twitter and Instagram at Rena Brazil. Yeah, I'm at JB underscore Zimmerman on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Monsi Bolanos. 
I'm on Twitter at Bobby Demiro, also on Snapchat at Bobby Demiro. I'll give up my Snapchat today. Why not? He loves Snapchat. I Snapchat all the time, so send me some PG-rated pictures. Remember, as we get going, guys, Maria Menounos' new book, The Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness, in stores right now. Go pick up a copy if you haven't already and support the wonderful family here at AfterBuzz. That's it this week on Murder in the First. We'll see you guys a week from today. Good night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.